Thanks for checking out this podcast from SWGFL. We're here to help teachers and education professionals support children and young people in all that they do online. Just to avoid any confusion, in autumn of 2022, we branded our podcasts as Interface. This is actually one of our older episodes from before the big rebrand, so it might sound a little bit different. However, there's still the same top quality advice and expert support throughout. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this Safeguarding Children online podcast brought to you by SWGFL. Welcome to the SWGFL podcast, the free definitive guide helping educators keep young people and yourselves safe online. My name is Jess McBeth and I'm here with Gareth Court. Hello, Gareth. Hello, Jess. Hello, everyone. We are online safety consultants with SWGFL, partner of the UK Safer Internet Centre. Welcome. We're also joined on this podcast by our wonderful colleague, Ken Corrish, online safety manager at SWGFL. Hello, Ken. Hello. Hi, We're going to be talking about our exciting resource project Evolve and how it can help you as an educator and the young people you work with. Now, we always start with a question, Ken. So my question is, drumroll, what does a nine-year-old need to know about managing online information? Over to you. Wow. Wow. Let's get specific right from the word, right from the (laughs) get-go. Well, we've always thought we know what what nine-year-olds need to know. You know, there's all been these different pockets of research that have sort of explained to us what nine-year-olds are doing. And so we we try to craft things around what we think they're doing. But, um, you know, more importantly, it's really important to set some lines in the sand around what we think children should be looking at, given the size of the landscape they're in. And that's where this um, UK Council for Internet Safety document, Education for a Connected World, comes in. It's arranged in age-related expectations and different strands. So if we look at managing online information uh, for those children around uh, nine years old, so that would be year four, year five, um, it gives us some very, very clear statements around what children need to know. You know, that the fact they can use different search technologies, they know what a hoax is, they know whether something's honest, accurate or legal. So, um, you know, that information has helped us sort of draw those lines in the sand. The real difficulty is, I think, is that when teachers look at these statements, they say, well, that's all very well. That's what I've got to teach. How do I teach it? What do I use? Uh, how do I do it? Because my own knowledge isn't that great i haven't done this before and that's where project evolve comes in it's designed to um to support teachers in 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 meeting those requirements from that framework education for a connected world so project evolve isn't new obviously is it because it was launched what a couple of years ago how long no, is it uh, no it's <laughs> it is it is fairly new um it, it was only launched in november last year God, was it Wow, yeah, but it, it feels longer, with doesn't it? <laughs> with you, Ken, obviously, makes it seem like a long time. Well, actually, right. actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it does. But actually, the journey's been going since 2016. It all started yeah. from it all started from a conversation I had with uh, staff in um, Common Sense Media over in San Francisco. Cosmopolitan, windswept, and interesting world traveller that I am, um, <laughs> and uh, and I, I asked a really basic question. I said, "How do you know that all this fantastic resource that you're putting out there 
is making a difference, is changing the culture. And they said, uh, do you know, apart from these little pockets of research that we do, we don't. We can tell you how many people have used the materials, how many teachers have downloaded them, who's using them and where they're being used. But we have no idea about whether they're really making a difference. You know, children will tell you, can bark back the rules to you. But actually, when they go back home, back out into the wild, away from school geography and the school doorstep and the school timetable, they're doing all sorts of things that certainly that culture suggests they're not doing um, well or productively or creating issues. You know, there's a lot of stuff they do that's empowering, but actually, you know, and, and so that's where the name Project Evolve comes from. We wanted to evolve the uh, online safety message into something that was pragmatic and had uh, tangible outcomes. Okay. And it's it's pretty comprehensive as well, isn't it? Obviously, based on the Education for a Connected World framework, there are, there are eight strands ranging from self-image and identity to online bullying, to managing online information, to privacy and security, health, well-being and lifestyle, which is very important at the moment, even including things like copyright and ownership, which is an important aspect of, of uh, being online and using technology. Um, but there's there's over like 300 statements, isn't there? In this, in the yeah, 363 blinking statements in that. <laughs> and we well, know well self censored, Ken. Thank yeah, you. I know. <laughs> because we've resourced every single one of them in some way, shape, or form. It's been I, I cannot. Well, you guys know because you've worked on this with me. Uh, it's been a really massive undertaking, not just the work that we've put into uh, developing and being the progenitors of the UKIS framework, you know, uh, you know, way back in 2016, 2017, but also on this journey to get to the point where once we had that framework in place, how do we then resource it? What, where's the final, where's the final outcome? And the final outcome for us is Project Evolve. Uh, but people ask me where the name Evolve comes from. And actually, uh, we were going to call it just Evolve, but there's so many things out there called Evolve. So it's got Project Evolve in it. And Evolve, I don't know whether you two know this, stands for Effective Verification of Online Values in Education. Oh, yeah. Yes, of course. (laughs) Which just trips off the tongue so easily. It's a great way. Have you seen Effective Verification for Online Values in Education, everybody? So project, and also, you know, it's nice about this evolving, you know, you know, there's, there's a lot of evidence that over the journey we've had 20 years in working in online safety in those messages. Uh, we wanted to make sure we added some sophistication to the messages rather than don't stop, block, don't meet up. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So, okay, so it was launched in November, not like two years ago, but it wasn't the full Project Evolve. No, I've often likened this to, uh, it, it, it's an interesting approach. We've never done this before at Southwest Grid. It's, um, I call it building a plane while it's flying. Oh, and yes, I, to- I, I took the inspiration. I took the inspiration from the gaming industry um, that it, actually it's much more important to start getting stuff out there and build ownership and momentum with it than wait until you drop this finished product on. Because actually, everyone then contributes to the process. I get lots and lots of emails through the Project Evolve mailbox saying, "Could we have this? How do we use this? What about this?" And so when we launched it in November, we only um, we launched it in a beta format and only populated four strands with content, which, which as you all know, is was a gargantuan uh, effort just to get those four strands. And then between November and, and this uh, August 2020, uh, we did the other four strands, populated the other four strands as well. So at the moment, it's sitting there 
fully populated with all of that content uh, ready for educators to use. And uh, but from our own data analytics, we're seeing 300,000 unique visitors to the site. We're seeing people staying on there for around six to 10 minutes, which gives us amazing bounce rates. So we know that there is a requirement for this. And anecdotally, we know a lot of people are talking about it. But um, where we are now, just the content is only part of the story, I think. It's just part of the journey we're on. There's hugely exciting developments going to happen with it over the next six months. So so on that, that point, Ken, and the huge amount of content that's there, which which I'm sure educators will massively appreciate being able to dive in and, and pick up a, an activity or a resource that they can they can run with a group of young people. Going back to the early point, you were, you were talking about uh, how do we know if any of this makes a difference? What what then sets Project Evolve apart from, say, other resources that are out there to teach online safety? What What else is in the pipeline? So we're still not at the end game for Project Evolve yet. The the actual overriding objective from that conversation back in 2016, you know, about how do we know what children know? Because given where the priorities are with the rest of the curriculum, and particularly over the last six months, the priorities that are going to be refocused about just about uh, moving children forward again after the COVID pandemic, um, it, it, you know, the focuses there are going to be on literacy, numeracy, the you know, the basic education, getting children up to speed. But actually what we're trying to build into Project Evolve is, is a way for us to be able to demonstrate what children know, what they misconceive, where their gaps are in knowledge, where their ignorance is, and where there are bits that they they know they don't know, um, first of all, in, a, a, in a, quite a, a novel and new approach to an assessment concept, which we'll talk about a little bit later, um, that will begin to gather information, not only at a local school level about what children know, but it will also inform planning. So it will help teacher decide which of those, that massive content they need to they, uh, they need to focus on with that particular group of children sat in front of them, uh, to be able to teach that, and then to be able to measure again at the end whether that teaching's been effective in terms of of, of, of student progress. So um, whilst that sounds all heavy and something that educators are going to say, Ken, I've got enough trouble at the moment with literacy and numeracy, we're trying to do it in a way that assists teachers, informs their work, and reduces workload. So we're building mechanisms into Project Evolve to be able to guide them not only through the material, but make sure the material that they're choosing is relevant for that group of children sat in front of them. So at the moment, we've got Project Evolve is out, all eight strands, all the materials are done, free and ready to use. And then we've got this assessment element coming. So at the moment, just to get this straight in my head, so at the moment, an educator would look at, so Project Evolve basically takes the Education for a Connected World framework, translates that into actual resources, so an educator would go into Project Evolve and go, I've got this, you know, I'm, I'm working at this level with this class and pick resources. Yeah. So they're all there at the moment. But in future, they'll be able to actually run an assessment process at the beginning to identify actually which resources they really need to use and maybe some resources that they don't need to use because actually the kids are already at a level where they know yeah. this stuff. And also, too, the, the system will do their planning for them and give them it all in a big bundle of paper if they want it. They could export it in lots of different ways. Um, yeah, but at, at the moment, so at the moment, Project Evolve is still in its beta. 
um, that, which means that it's just the content up there and there's no registration mechanism. So educators at the moment will go to Project Evolve. Perhaps they've got a huge number of different search functions on there. They can just do an open search. They can search for the phase they're teaching, the year group they're teaching, which particular strand they're interested in. They could just go and dive into the resources and filter out the ones that look interesting too. They can even search on a particular theme if they've had to deal with issues um, you know, within school or something's come up like, I don't know, online challenges or sexting or anything like that. So they can use them in lots of different ways. By the end of September, 2020 uh, the mechanism will will begin to you'll begin to see some additional functionality there will be a registration mechanism on project evolve we at the moment we have no real idea of how to be able to support users of project evolve um, uh, always rest assured project evolve will always be three, uh, free it's part of our charitable objectives as not, not only from ourselves as southwest grid for learning but also as part of the UK Safer Internet Centre. Um, so at the moment, you can just dive in there free, but from September, you'll be asked to register, and then that will give you access to all of those features that we're currently developing. Again, always free. Fabulous. Gareth, I've got Absolutely a question amazing. for you. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, you and I have, have created resources for Project Evolve. What do you think is the best resource you've created? Well, well, that sounds like a very biased question, doesn't it? Because then you well, can attempt to say I something think, you made yourself. Yeah, I, think, I think I'll be the judge of that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, yeah, that's what's fine. the best resource you've made? <laughs> what's the best resource Gareth's ever made? <laughs> oh, the, the password tumblers, definitely. <laughs> oh, no, Dan. Te- technically, that wasn't me. I can't claim credit for that one. I, I co- co-authored that one, and I think her best. Um, actually, I... No, 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 hold on, hold on. What no? is it? We need to know now. I don't know what that one is. What 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 is the resource? What does it do? So so that's under privacy and security uh, for one of the key stage two year groups. I forget which one off the top of my head, but it's a, a wonderful activity where it, it encourages making a random password because the the strongest passwords aren't necessarily the ones with upper and lowercase letters and funny characters and numbers and all the rest of it, which become very difficult to remember. It's actually about taking three or four completely unrelated random words and using them as a as a passphrase. Now the problem is is that trying to pick three or four random words is is tricky because as human beings we tend to create semantic links between everything that we we see and do. So you pick you pick one word and then if you just randomly thought of another word there's probably a link between the two in some way so what this tumblr does is it lets children pick some different categories like colors motor transport uh, food you know whatever animals um and then they put some different examples of those on on these strips and then they wrap them around the uh the inside cardboard tube of a kitchen roll and you fix them gently around it so you can turn them like tumblers and then what you do is you arrange them in any order you like you turn them to whatever word you want on each one and then in doing so you essentially create a random passphrase that you could then use for one of your online accounts great sounds fun yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> <to> go home. <laughs> so what, what about you, have? Jess? What about uh, you, Jess? What's your what, what's the one that you're most proud of? <laughs> well, mm, so there was one I did early on, which uh, I, I think to me felt really natural, which was around about um, time spent online and what you're doing, and it was like a, a timetable activity. So I gave a little scenario of a boy, actually age nine, comes home from school, and what activities he's going to choose to fill up his evening uh, and I mapped it onto uh, I think it was the digital five a day uh, impact of kind of technology 
that came from the Children's Commissioner in England. So each activity would have an impact. So the, the idea, I gave the idea of, for example, this boy Jack comes home and eats a whole chocolate cake <laughs> on his own. So <laughs> nothing what's wrong end? with that. What, nothing that's wrong with that, that's, right? That's a, so, that's a typical day in lockdown now, isn't it? <laughs> so, what, you know, what's that's the breakfast. End? <laughs> what's, what's the end? <laughs> Listen, I can't speak. So <laughs> what's the impact on things like socialising, learning, being responsible, you know, having fun, uh, being active? Um, and and uh, you, would, um, you would kind of score each of those aspects and then there'd be a whole choice of activities which would be kind of gaming or going and playing or going to cubs or whatever and you would try and come up with the best uh, so Jess, blend. Jess, Jess do you have any idea of the impact of that particular activity no. because because right okay so um, there's a chap who works for Hampshire uh, ICT who's quite prominent within computers at schools and uh, the BCS called Phil Bag, and uh, Phil Bag has used that activity in uh, and has done on Twitter and on a live feed, a full run through through that activity for teachers. Has he? Wow. Yeah, Amazing. and I'll, I'll send you to the link. For I'm it. feeling Somebody all warm and fuzzy. I, I had a really, <laughs> yeah, I had a really interesting conversation with um, with uh, at, at computers at schools. One of the computers at schools specialist leads, uh, and I said, you know, we've done very little promotion on this, so I have no idea what the momentum is for Project Evolve out there. And she said, she said, I don't think you have any idea of how many schools are using this already just in its current form. She said, every school I go into talks about Project Evolve and, and how they're beginning wow. to, to integrate it into their existing curriculum. And I also want to say, I, I don't get the chance to say this, that the group of people, the writing team that have worked with, uh, you know, you two are included in that, are specialists. They're real experts in their field. And the, the, the activities are amazing. You know, when I look over some of the work that's done, uh, that's been done over the last year, this is really amazing stuff. Everyone feeds back on that. You know, even even that those strands which you think are going to be dry and a little bit challenging, like copyright and ownership, they've had the eye of the intellectual property office over the top of them in terms of quality assurance and checking that we're saying the right things. The online bullying strand has had the Diana Award. Uh, experts there writing that content so the breadth of expertise that goes into this gives it some real provenance in terms of um in terms of who's behind it and um and i can say now because this podcast will be going out after after thursday i guess after after tomorrow is that uh, we have a new partner involved in it too so who are underpinning it and funding funding it checking the metrics and that is no less than nominate so nominate are supporting and funding uh, the development of project evolve right up to the end of 2021 which is an amazing achievement and it's great to have their involvement in it because they're going to add not only provenance but the quality assurance over the top of it. So I, I just wanted to say that the stuff that you're talking about is being used and is really valued as well. Gosh, wow! Thanks for <laughs> there that. You go, Jess. Yeah, I get to, I get to see all this behind the scenes, and I should share it more. But there we are. So Ken, hold on. You you haven't actually answered your question as well. So have you got a favourite activity, either that you've written or you've seen, looking through the many? the many um, things if you had to pick one that you, you'd say yeah go and have a go at this so it's it's unfair to, to sort of pick one out at random but i am going to go to some of the newer stuff because i've been very familiar with the stuff that's been in the four strands so uh in the managing online information strand which has been written by um jess 
and and um, Graham. Yes. Uh, Graham Lowe up there in Lancashire. Um, I think I like the ones around uh, spotting the bots. Oh, and and are one. you real? Oh, yeah. yeah, and and looking at the characteristics of online messages that are evidently uh, developed by by other forms of technology uh, rather than people. I, I and I think when you're talking about managing online information, spotting a bot in 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 a conversation that is engineered to to either aggravate a conversation or to misdirect it, I think is a, is a really basic skill. And I think the first, first one of those activities happens around the end of key stage two, spotting yeah. the bot, at, yeah. you know, so, so, you know, instilling this stuff into these systems that we use uh, and whilst other people may have covered this to tie this down to specific age groups and then build on that knowledge later on to something a bit more sophisticated when we're looking at the societal, ethical, legal end uh, of, 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 of the, uh, the maturity of that framework, I think is, is amazing. So it's things like that, you know, that are dropped in that I'm thinking, wow, that's incredible. It was, it was fun. It was fun doing the managing uh, online information. Uh, what I would add you to that, didn't say that... You didn't say that at the time. Really. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't look. You did not look like you were having fun. There was a, the challenge I had with the online managing online information one, so the old misinformation, disinformation, fake news thing, was there's there's quite a lot of materials out there um, where basically it's it's learning through examples, you know, and and that's what you've given there as well is you know here, here's a couple of examples and can you tell which one is real and which one is fake or mm. which one could be evidenced and which one couldn't and that's that is v- valuable, but actually when I was looking at the framework and thinking you know what's what's this all about a lot of it was about more kind of underpinning approaches and understandings you know so it was more about things like how do you you know how do you trust something and how you know what cues do you use that sort of thing um which is a bit more nuanced than you know just looking for typos in something yeah <laughs> yeah completely. I mean? so, well, mm-hmm. and, and that's the problem i'm not saying it's the framework's a problem but but it is to a certain extent is that you're given a statement about you know a child uh, what a child should know actually pinning down the concept behind that statement and then developing resources to it and and also too I'll, I'll also mention something that we've been writing questions um yes. based around birch's competencies uh ladder um around uh, we've been writing specific questions gareth you please come in here for uh, one of the first things was what is this statement about what is the concept behind it? What it but through this statement, what do we want the outcomes to be? And then interpreting that in a set of developmental uh, 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 statements around um, opinion, around, you know, so, so, so for example, if you ask a question like, um, I, I can't think of one offhand, but um, my friend's having difficulty online, what should I do? We have five different responses to it in the questions that range from, complete ignorance so saying the opposite of where you wanted to be through i don't know through uh, some nuanced understanding of it to developing understanding it to a full understanding of it that you can apply to other situations and we try to build that uh, behind every single question so every statement has a way of assessing that statement in details and we're using this idea of um, concept 
cartoons. So you have the statement in the middle, which is essentially a scenario, and then five people around the outside saying those different things. And for a child to be able to recognize what is the right response uh, through the concept cartoon. Um, and it's given us huge challenges because we've had to, re- you know, the concept cartoons traditionally are drawn. You know, someone has to go away and draw them. We've developed or we are developing right now at the moment with the amazing Southwest Grid web team, uh, a concept cartoon generator that will be included within Project Evolve. So that if you wanted to discuss these things, even outside of assessment, you can generate a concept cartoon around it and see what children know or what their views are, you know. So we're using that as the principle behind the assessment. And uh, writing those assessment questions led to some... Very lively professional debates, I think, is the politest way of saying it around around some of those, wasn't it? Just trying to trying to hone down into into what, as you said, those statements were actually yeah. were actually all about, and trying yeah. to say. And I, I just think of again, we come back to managing online information a lot in this podcast, but just thinking about things like uh, what is a hoax? We had, I think, we had quite a lively discussion for about half an hour between us and colleagues about <laughs> yeah. about how you actually define a hoax as opposed to other things, and then how do you show an answer that displays partial understanding of what a hoax is versus full understanding versus you know no understanding whatsoever? So there's, there's yeah. a lot of nuance in those questions that we we hope we've. Yeah, right. Gareth says live, lively discussion, but what he means is a punch-up. <laughs> <laughs> as much as you can have socially distance on Microsoft Teams, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but we so, did, even during this punch-up, the pendulum did rest in the middle, so we did get a sort of aggregated, agreed uh, outcome. So, so the punch-up was worth it, is what we were yeah, saying. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's justified know, the means. That's almost coming full circle to the point I was making, which is that actually the real value of the learning is in the nuance you know, it is in actually having the conversations, you know, that that's where the development is because you can't always just spot a bot. You can't always just spot something that's fake. We're all going to get, you know, duped at some point. <laughs> she says, Yeah, I make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay. Uh, fabulous. Is there anything else that you want to add, uh, Ken? Oh, and one quick it? question for Ken that I think would be really useful because I know, Ken, you've answered this probably hundreds of times now by email, but a good opportunity to do it on the podcast. Well, hopefully we haven't put like everyone off Project Evolve talking about nuance and, and gazillions of activities. But if someone were going to get stuck into Project Evolve and start using it, what advice would you give to them about how to how to start that process? Because it can seem overwhelming at times otherwise. Oh, absolutely. And these are the questions I get. There's so many statements. Where do I start? Well, well, I, I think right now at the moment, there's, um, there's some obvious routes through. The first one is that if you're a teacher just go straight into the resources, start filtering them out for your year group and Project Evolve, and look at the ones that you feel confident in teaching. That's the first start. You can only base, you can only have your effective lessons on what you already feel comfortable in teaching and what you know. And then add a little bit more uh, uh, granularity to it by selecting those things that perhaps the children themselves have been talking around as issues they face, stuff that you know anecdotally, stuff that the school has had been involved in before or had issues around and wants to address. Uh, you can do that. And, and I would also say don't try and do, you know, plan all the strands for the year. Choose a strand, choose a few statements, um, and, and dive into it that way. When you when we come to developing the mechanisms a little bit later on that are going to assist you with that planning, um, then 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 it's going to be a lot easier. It's going to be obvious which lessons you're going to cover, and and they're going to be focused on what the children already know and, and which lessons you prioritise. But we talk about schools a lot, and we talk about this being a curriculum. It isn't for me. This is not a curriculum. 
It's not meant to be a curriculum. It's meant to be a way for you to navigate education for connected world, which is a set of outcomes and competencies and then apply the resources to it. I think you can create your own curriculum from it. You can weave it into what you already do. It seems to be me now that in schools, there isn't just one curricula. It depends where you are, which mat you're in, what what phase you're in, the curriculum, there's a PHSE curriculum, there's, uh, you know, there's the IT curriculum, there's a computing curriculum, all of these. I think mapping that in, uh, we will give some assistance later on by defining pathways for those who are working with different age groups. So young children, older children, uh, young people, older young people, uh, those who work with SEND, those who work with LGBTQ, those who work with vulnerable children. We'll be mapping pathways to give you ways through this massive amount of content that are going to set you off on the right path. So, yeah, if, if, if go and have a look at Project Evolve. Some things might just resonate with you and you think, oh, I'm going to have a go at that because that sounds just great thing to teach the kids and i know a bit about it remember project evolve gives you all the outcome criteria all of the questions you need to ask as an educator to set the scene it gives you the full activity descriptor and it gives you a set of google slide a, a google slide deck for you to use uh, during a live lesson engagement and it also gives the uh, in many activities it gives children's materials too that you can print off um uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all there for you. It can look overwhelming. Use the search facilities on the site, of which is a whole array, to just navigate yourself down to the bit that you feel most comfortable with. That's where I'd say to start. I'm conscious we haven't actually said what the web address is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's that, uh, so you'll find Project Evolve at Project Evolve, all one string, projectevolve.co.uk. It can't be easier. Projectevolve.co.uk. As easy as that. Brilliant. Thank you, Ken. Uh, and thank you for providing all that expert input into, into Project Evolve and how it works and why educators should get stuck in right now with the new term and the start of the new year. So before we finish up, if you have a question or issue you'd like to dis us to discuss on the podcast, then please do get in touch by emailing podcast at swgfl.org.uk. Now, Ken, when Jess and I do these podcasts, we always like to give a recommendation at the end of something to read or watch or listen or do. Uh, have you got a recommendation for us? Well, I'm, uh, it's, not, it, it, it's not online safety I'm going to talk about. It's uh, games. And um, there's been some amazing games uh, released recently that are very uh, sort of family-centric. And I think one of those is uh, is a game... It's out on the uh, PlayStation Xbox called The Last uh, Campfire by Hello Games, which is a lovely game where you uh, you help a spark rekindle. It sounds very twee, but it's absolutely amazing. It's a real beautiful environment. It's a real puzzle. It's a great thing for families to share. And the other game I'd recommend, which is currently out, I think, on uh, iOS, is uh, a game called Sky, which is a collaborative game that protects you in terms of in terms of who you meet online because it's you 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 collaborate anonymously but it's a great way for young people to be able to go and solve puzzles together and to fly with your wings around a beautifully drawn and imagined landscape so uh, yeah so there too the last campfire by hello games and and sky by that game company who also developed the game journey uh, uh, go and have a look at those Fantastic recommendations. Thank you. Jess, have you got one? Yes. Uh, although I've got to do that thing where I recommend something that I haven't actually watched yet. <laughs> oh, dangerous. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but it's just because it's, it's literally out today as we record uh, on Netflix. And it's a film called The Social Dilemma. And it's all about the impact of technology uh, and, and kind of the, the, the idea of the engineers in Silicon Valley and what they were creating. And then this kind of recognition of the impact of all of that. So it's got lots of the major players uh, from tech companies. Um, so, yeah, that the advert looks pretty good. So any Netflixers out there, uh, people that are on Netflix, um, have a little watch of the ad. I'm, I'm going to watch it hopefully tonight. Fantastic. Thank you. Adding it to my watch list as we speak. What about you, Gareth, then? Yeah, what's your recommendation? So so my one, uh, something I stumbled across during lockdown, but I think it's it's still very relevant and people want to use it today, is uh, if you go to artsandculture.google.com, Google have got this amazing collection of um, street view tours of museums and uh, landmarks around the world. So if, obviously you can't physically visit them at the moment. You can definitely do a virtual tour, even better if you have a VR headset as well. Uh, I particularly like the British Museum one because you get a very good, get a good view of the gift shop, which is where I used to spend a lot of time with the year threes I used to take there back in the day. So that, that brings back fond memories. Um, but it's also got art collections, so you can view um, artwork, be it paintings or sculptures in high resolution you can zoom right in you know further than you would be able to if you were seeing it in the flesh so so loads of great stuff there uh, both for personal use but obviously in the classroom as well probably a really really valuable resource fab so there we go so that's it from us today thank you for listening to this swgfl podcast if you found our podcast helpful please do spread the word to your fellow educators and this free podcast is available on most casting apps as always if you have a query about an online safety issue affecting a young person yourself or your organization you can contact the professionals online safety helpline at helpline at saferinternet.org.uk or by giving them a ring on 0344 381 4772. And don't forget, as we mentioned earlier, if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on a future podcast, don't forget to drop us an email at podcast at swgfl.org.uk. Remember, a better internet starts with you. Goodbye for now. Bye-bye. This Safeguarding Children online podcast has been produced by SWGFL. Southwest Grid for Learning is a charity that has specialised in online safety for nearly 20 years and is one of the three partners in the UK Safer Internet Centre. The UK Safer Internet Centre is the national centre and one of 32 European Safer Internet Centres. For more information and terms of use, please visit www.swgfl.org.uk. Thanks for listening.